You are tuned in to DAR Sports Media. And tonight we've got a very special episode, Nostalgia Hour. We are going to go around with some special guests talking about what got them into wrestling, what era they prefer, what era was key to them becoming somebody who loves wrestling. And for one of our guests, becoming a person who was in wrestling, we are very blessed tonight to have with us the cannibal feed her or fight her savannah evans of impact wrestling thank you for joining us savannah of course thanks for having me on i also got right in here as usual the mogul true god from rap game twitter the mogul of dar sports and media and i also have our guy apollo who we wanted to get on the nba show he is our main nba contributor an aspiring NBA scout. He's plugged into some pretty high places. I hope he has time for us in the next couple of years after he goes on to bigger and better things. Uh, say what's up, Apollo. Peace, everybody. Uh, glad to be here. And um, let's get it. So yes, our main sir. topic tonight is what era got you into professional wrestling? What spoke to you at whatever age or whatever stage in your life that you were when you first started loving the game true gonna go with you first apollo i'll go and then we'll move on to the main event miss evans well you know for me um i told a story on like other podcasts over the last 10 11 years but the first thing that got me into watching professional wrestling was probably bret hart Shawn michaels like that that era new the new generation era you know, and as a kid, you see Doink the Clown, uh, you know, Adam Bomb, Duke the Dumpster Drillsy, you know, guys like that. That was like for me as a kid, I thought it was silly. You know, I thought it was funny. So I was like, why is this trash man coming out and, you know, and, and wrestling? Why is this dude, you know, Adam Bomb came? I don't I mean, Adam Bomb was his name. You know, I, I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, Brett was probably the first Sean, like close second. Um, And so New Generation era, I was like. I was a little, I came in like right after like the, the, the Hogan era, like right, like literally on the tail end of the Hogan era. So I don't have that many uh, memories of Hogan, but uh, I eventually kind of went back and got all the Coliseum videos uh, as a, as a kid and, and started watching those and, you know, Blockbuster used to have everything back in those days. So, you know, we talking nostalgia, uh, you know, Blockbuster Hollywood video, I would just go and watch all of that. So the first, uh, the first two wrestlers had to be Brett and Sean. Um, just because Sean at the time was like a fresh heel, uh, just turned heel, I believe, like, you know, taking out Marty Jannetty. I think he had Sensational Sherry with him uh, at the time. And I thought he looked stupid because I didn't see anybody who who had like a mullet with like, you know, like, like mirrors on their vest. But at the same time, I was like, he could do a whole bunch of flippy cool shit, you know, for that era that he was flip. He was like the flippy cool shit guy. Um, you know, we they didn't have the Lucha Libre and WWF at the time. And uh, I didn't have cable. So I watched WWF superstars. And that was the first show that really kind of, uh, you know, I gravitated to. So that is where my love for wrestling started. Of course, it evolved. But we'll, we'll get to that. Um. Everyone had a mullet in that era, actually. <laughs> Did they? I mean, look, well, look we, me, me and Apollo from, about... West, we, we and Paul from West Baltimore, I don't think, I didn't see nobody with mullets in my city at all. Like, oh, I didn't even on wrestling. <laughs> like, that was the only time. Who, who else had a, who, who, I'm trying to think. Brett didn't have a mullet. 
he had like yeah. a well uh, that Marty era did, when marty and sean were together they both had mullets that oh, era yeah. was kind of the end of that like from that period yeah. going back in time everybody back then had them and they were fucking awesome mullets too incredible feathering had a lot of great <laughs> stuff going on we're all in our very, lu- years, very luxurious mullets yeah, yeah there's different what? variations of the mullet Sean had a big ass mullet. You had a fade mullet. You had a buzz cut mullet. Yeah, like yeah. He had a whole bunch of different hairstyles. It didn't, but, didn't uh, uh, Diesel when he first showed up, Kevin Nash, too. He had a fucking yeah. badass one, too. He had a, yeah. Before he went with the Fabio hair later, that was fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. He had a crazy Fabio hair. That, is, that is one way to describe it. Fabio. It was, though. It, it, it was like that, and look at it not, when he was on Nitro. We're 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 about moms because my mom used to be a big uh, Kevin Nash fan uh, back in the day. He was with Will Pat. She used to be like Big Sexy. I love Big Sexy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that, that hair has something to do with it. You there's a I mean? famous there's a famous quote on Twitter that you can about exactly what you're talking about. I'll leave it up to everybody else to find <laughs> it or look it up, but it's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> um, so for me. It's kind of similar to what you said. Um, like, I remember when I was real young, and speaking of, like, Blockbuster, does anybody remember West Coast video? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely, it, you know. Yeah. So so uh, my dad used to used to rent, like, the Hulk Hogan cartoons when I was a kid, oh, yeah. man. I, I used to watch that junk with Junkyard Dog and all those cats. I, you know, because Andre John and all them. I used, to watch, I used to watch those, so I was really into Hulk. And then... um. And Macho Man as well. Like, especially seeing all the Slim Jim commercials. I used to think, oh, this dude's cool, man. Like, he's like bad cool, you know, with the hats and the, the razzle dazzles and the glitter and all that. So, um, those, those, it, it was them two and it was Brett. Uh, I, I specifically remember going to a show when I was a kid and uh, seeing Brett. And I was like, wow, uh, something about this kid, man. I mean, well, the kid, but something about this cat. Like, he was just cool man and the the, the the glasses and the you know he just had the whole mystique man that, that was, um he was he was he was great and um yeah so i'll say, I'll say them there was like the initial things like hogan's the macho man's brett uh undertaker early undertaker well that's another great mullet if you look another survivor, great mullet. survivor yeah. series <laughs> in 90 a red yeah. one um yeah. yeah and that shows you how how fucking badass Bret Hart was because you got you know people get two two guys watching somebody going around there swaggering in pink bubblegum pink and you're like yeah, yo man. that dude's a badass so you can people pull <laughs> that off because he was so fucking badass yeah so same some similar stuff to you and I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking show my age you guys are gonna send me to the retirement know, let's, home. Hold, on, hold on let's be clear here we are literally all about two to three years away from each other in age okay I make so this very clear <laughs> so you send me the retirement home with cam um <laughs> i started off in uh 88 mega powers uh hulk hogan macho man ultimate i you know i show people the ultimate warrior thing because like, they just don't get it and i'm like if you watch Yes. How fucking over this dude is, and like the the energy of the crowd, the energy of him, and like imagine to like a four year old, five year old boy, this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? Like for mm-hmm. for a for a, a young adolescent boy, that's you know that's it. That's like a living cartoon character. Um, yeah. Love Jake yeah. the Snake. 
loved Andre the Giant, loved yeah. the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, um, all of that stuff. I was, I loved all those guys. And I think a thing that you can take from that era, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll start breaking down some of these eras and some of the things that were special about them. <laughs> but when I watch it now, is it seems like they took so much better care of everybody who was on the shows. Like you did not get like everybody was fucking over as fuck. Like yeah. everybody got big fucking cheers. Heels got fucking booed. There was nobody on those cards that like people just didn't give a shit about. And is because I just feel like wrestling and the WWE did such a better job of, of cultivating these guys' characters, the way that they were booked, everything about the way they were used. Um, and I think that's a lot bigger, better deal. You guys are telling stories about video stores, and that's kind of my origin story. Is we used to have one of the local ones, you know, because they had like franchise. Not everything was blockbuster Hollywood video. Those actually came along and pushed out the mom and pop video stores. You would usually have a bunch of mom and pop franchise video stores in the town, small towns like the one I grew up in, and they would have deals. This one had the five five videos for five days for five bucks. That was the deal back then. That's a hell of a deal. So we yeah, would go. Damn sure good so, deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, when when Blockbuster came along, it's like three fifty per movie. Like this is fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> so we go to the store. We're getting our five for five for five on a Friday. And I I had always watched wrestling on TV, superstars, Saturday night's main event, etc. Um, I'm in the store, and the display. Do you guys remember in the movie stores? There used to always be like a. It was horror, but it was also special interest. And it would have like weird shit and like kind of soft core weird shit and exercise videos and stuff like that alongside the horror movies. Well, this store's horror movie special interest section had a giant cardboard like cemetery gates around it, like real big, like 10 feet tall. It looked like stone black gates. Like a cemetery, the outside of a cemetery. And as a little kid, I'm like, oh, I, I want to go see what's in there. I go in there. I find the wrestling tapes. I bring it out. My grandparents raised me. I bring it out to my grandmother. I said, hey, can I get this? I watch it on TV. And she looks and she says, this is three and a half hours. You are not going to sit and watch something for three and a half hours. I said, I will. She got it. I did sit for three and a half hours and didn't bother them for three and a half hours. And they're like, oh. We got it made. We got to keep you occupied for six hours at a time. Here we go. And so that was the beginning. Uh, Royal Rumble 1989 was the first like actual video that I had. And then after that, it was on. Miss Savannah Evans, tell us about what caught, what got you in, stuff that you look back on now that you know what's going on, um, that you think people did a good job of, good nuances. Tell us your story. Um. So, yeah, I like a lot of people get into wrestling very young, like you were saying, like four, five, six, seven. Um, I really didn't start taking interest in it till I was like 12 or 13 or so. Um, <clears throat> but uh, and of course, that was the time of like the attitude era. So that kind of stuff was bringing in a lot of new followers. Um, so I fall under that umbrella of like maybe I saw something in 97, like an episode or two. I didn't really start watching till like 98, maybe more regularly in 99. Um, <clears throat> so it was Austin Rock, who, of course, arguably or maybe unarguably, like some of the biggest, you know, names to ever come by wrestling. Um, 
household names, that kind of thing. Um, but then also too, like like you said, they like everyone had a spot. Um, you know, even if they were like jobbing or if they, all they did was job, like everyone had their spot. Like I really just liked all the characters um, that were around at that time. You know, big, larger than life characters. Um, you know, obviously Rock, Austin, Undertaker was there. Shawn Michaels was in and out at that time. Um, I think I didn't really catch on to Shawn Michaels till like after he came back from like what was it back surgery and then after he was already originally in DX. Um, so you know, just got like that. Even like maybe even obscure ones like your Crash Hollies, your Hardcore Hollies. Um, you know what I mean? Like someone mentioned Doink the Clown earlier. Um, Test and Shamrock. You know, um, A Train. Like just cool cool characters um from the minute i started watching okay this is this is fun let me see what the rock is doing next week uh because he was always doing something crazy and always wanted to kind of tune in and see what he was up to um but uh my dad had always wanted to get me into watching wrestling and i was never interested he's like oh you want to sit down and watch wrestling i'm like no i don't not at all <laughs> uh but one time you know we had visited home uh so we were visiting my dad or my mom's side of the family. And so like my uncles, my grandparents, my cousins, and they were all watching WCW. I don't remember which show, Thunder and Nitro. But I, I remember strictly seeing like Goldberg and Booker T and Disco Inferno. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, what is this? Uh, so then, you know, after that, I got into like WWF and started watching. Uh, around the room, can you think of... um? any match from that era that sticks out to you in your mind um that that um i don't want to put our guest on the on the spot so yeah some time to think um true a match from that era that sticks out that's like your favorite if you if you like hey we want to encapsulate this era go back right, and so... watch this so i got one for you because you said something on twitter one time about a certain wrestler that this is a match that occurs in this era that i almost had to take issue with we weren't that cool back then though but we are now, so I'm gonna get you. Don't okay, I'm, I'm, no, no, no. I'm no, I'm curious first, no, because because you can't get me, brother. So I I got to know first. I got to know first what you because you, I think it was you were talking about Mr. Perfect, and you said I don't. I think you said something to the effect of I don't rate any of his matches past him and Bret Hart in at SummerSlam, ninety one. And I, said, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I should say him and Bret at King of the Ring ninety. Yeah, okay, that was my match. That's that was the one where I was gonna like I That's... actually like the King of the Ring match better. But but my thing was always with Kurt Henning is that I thought he was great at what he he does, but I think the injuries just took his toll. And I mean it's it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, even now, you know, watching you know Forbidden Door, watching Collision, like you can see even with like somebody like Tanahashi who's been around for so long, he he's you know, he's still an ace, he's just not you know, it's just not exactly what it used to be, but it's still good. So I, I think that's what uh, it was for me with Kurt Hannon. I, I don't want to be predictable and say, uh, like, any particular, like, Brett match. Because um, Brett versus Owen, Brett versus Owen was really the thing that kind of brought me in. Uh, you know, SummerSlam 94, Brett versus Owen. But uh, a match that I watched that was a couple months later, but it's still one of my favorite matches that I don't hear anybody talk about, is Brett versus Diesel. At the uh, Royal Rumble 1995. Hell yeah! That, Cuts him down, works the leg. It's awesome. That's a that's an amazing match to me. Still to this day, every now and then, if I care to go to Peacock, but this is a shitty app sometimes. But uh, yeah, if I want to go to Peacock and just watch 
you know, just just watch some good some good old wrestling. That's one of the that's one of the shows that I go to. Even though I think you know ninety five was like a like the worst year for for WWF in retrospect to me. Like looking back on it, it was absolutely awful. But I think there are certain things like I was even a big fan of Hakushi. So Brett versus Hakushi was also a match that I really like. So that's one I don't think people talk about as much. But Brett and Diesel, Brett and Hakushi, probably the two two matches that from like ninety four, ninety five ish that I remember. Brett used to take the fucking jackknife so fucking good. Like every time he yeah, took he's... it, it looked so fucking good. Um, so Brett and Diesel were at Rumble nineteen ninety five. Brett nope. and Mister Perfect, King of the Ring nineteen ninety three. <clears throat> taking notes out there, definitely check those two out. What about you, Apollo? A match from the era that got you in that people should go check out. Oh man, um, let me be honest with you. Besides the Brent Diesel one, I can't really. It was kind of a it. tough era. Yeah, like I, I kind of can't really recall uh, another one. So yeah, we'll go with that. It's a rough times, brother. I, I also wasn't, I wasn't an Diesel fan too. So yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I had to give to that one. So for me, um, I would go on, and this isn't exactly like some hidden gem or anything like that, but I would go with, it's one of my favorite matches of all time. And people only remember it for the debut, but to me, the debut match of The Undertaker at Survivor Series 1990 is a, and it's funny because all three of us have set a match with that stars Bret Hart. Um, it's, it's a flawless, it's a flawless fucking match. If you watch... There's like three different stories that get told in it. There's like a a great like kind of mini match that happens at the end. There's a fantastic uh, Brett showing the emotion after he uh, loses the match. He slaps the mat and it's like I almost had him. So you got the debuting Undertaker. They, they do a fantastic job of showing off, him off as like a monster. He's dominating everybody. You get that debut in. It puts him over huge. You're like holy shit, this guy's fucking amazing. Um, you get through that part of it. You get through some eliminations. It ends off with Bret Hart two on one. Bret Hart ends up with Ted DiBiase. He's had the shit beat out of him. He's tired. Piper is on commentary. He's rooting him on, doing what Piper does whenever Bret's wrestling. And he and DiBiase have this fantastic mini one on one match that goes about eight minutes, nine minutes. Um, where they're trading off and Brett was a tag team guy up until this point. Ted DiBiase was a former, you know, he's a main eventer. He's been in the ring with the Hogan's, the Andres, the Macho Man's. So it's Brett trying to elevate and get this win over this, this badass heel that's been around for so long. And he comes so damn close. And it's, it's, it's the typical crisp, perfect Bret Hart selling Bret Hart movement, Bret Hart exchanges, he comes so damn close to beating him and then gets snuck on a roll up. And he you can just tell he's so pissed and so disappointed in himself. It's so fucking good. Everybody remembers it for the Undertaker debut. I'm imploring all of you to go back and watch it for everything that happens in it. It's so damn good. Um, I was just gonna just go more general because I don't recall dates and events and specifics like that. Um, anything Rock versus Austin was like. That's what I was invested in. It was more about like moments for me. I know some people feel certain ways about some of those matches. Um, like this was better than that, or that was better than this. But I just enjoyed that at that time. You have a, can't go a, wrong with Rock versus Austin. 
Classic. Not at all. <laughs> the uh, the feud between them, the icy title, you know, so many classic moments. Stone Cold tossing the belt off off the bridge. Off the bridge, um, yes. My favorite match of all time. <laughs> Go to Hell Rock. Go to Hell Rock. <laughs> My favorite match of all time ever is still um, WrestleMania 17, uh, Austin and Rock, mm-hmm. uh, Texas. It's just, and I know people don't like Austin's heel turn, but for me, I thought it was like the ultimate, like, you you kind of saw it coming, but you didn't because he kept saying, I need to beat you, Rock, more than anything that you can yeah. imagine. It's like, more than we anything. never saw Austin that desperate. Austin was always so yeah. confident. And I think that was, I was like, it's such an added dimension to his character. And when he, when he like stood there with Vince and like slaps him in the face and like gives a little slap, a little playful slap. And I was like, we just witnessed history. And then I found out like years later that like people hated it. And I was just like, oh shit, like I love that. Like I love that. And I think the match is just like Rock is so, Rock was so great at selling uh, the damn stunner. I mean, that, that, his selling in general, like when he faces Brock or like, He's an amazing seller, but against Austin, it just it was it's just magnetic. Like that's that's the thing that like I you know the early night early nineties got me invested in the wrestling, but like where I really started to like take shape, and this is kind of you know not too long after you know closer around time me and Apollo met each other, basically, um you know attitude era, you know that's where like I we just kind of all locked in on wrestling. It was like we go to school the next day, everybody's talking like yo you see what happened on SmackDown and yo yo Rock did in practice, Austin did this. Like the attitude era is absolutely where I think everything kind of takes shape as your, with your fandom uh, because WCW was also on the other side too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Sting, yep. Goldberg, the NWO, like that's, it's, it's such the peak era of to be a wrestling fan. So I don't disagree. I like that match too. WrestleMania 17. Great show. My personal favorite though, the Brock Austin match. Is look, the dog, dog's getting fired up. I'm talking back. My personal favorite is WrestleMania 19. I think the action in the match is great. I love them trading off finishers. I love the rock thrown on the vest. I love the clear when you watch the match, you can clearly tell. How much these guys love and respect each other. I love the fact that both of them knew it was Steve Austin's last match, but none of us did. If you look at it through that lens, it's really emotional to watch. And I just love everything. I love the way the arena is set up. I love the entrance way. If you go back and watch it, it's they just got done with this crazy ass wild street fight, Hulk Hogan and Steve, Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon. So the crowd is like foaming at the mouth at this point. They're like in a lather. It's at the end of the night. Everybody's probably drunk. There's been this crazy match they just watched. It's completely dark out because a lot of that show happened in the daytime. It's completely dark out. And the rock, that 2003 theme he has, it goes through that big lead up. That music fucking hits. And that crowd fucking explodes. Like you can tell even the rock's a heel, right? You can tell that they knew they were a part of something fucking big right at that moment. Like, we're in the big matches now. We're all pissed up, ready to go. And this is a big fucking deal. Like, these are two of the all-time greatest. Maybe one of the last times we see them 
in one in a one on one match at WrestleMania, and it was for both of them for a very long time. Uh, yeah. I fucking love the WrestleMania 19 match. It's my favorite Steve Austin versus Rock match. What do you guys think of that? Um, WrestleMania better. Is that? It's not better. No, say it with your chest. No, I like that one, but I think I like seventeen is better. All right, no, it's 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 a contrarian view. I understand. That's what, yeah, that's what a I'm lot trying of to get from you agree. guys. It's fine. No, it's funny because I think um like nineteen to me as a wrestling match, I think it's probably the better story, but it just doesn't I and maybe it's because of the place on the card, maybe it's just they had like a four week build up. I don't know. Maybe just because both of them were kind of like, but that's what's out. fucking fire about it is it was a nothing build up. It's just, hey, this is the Rock and Austin fuck, and then they come. They then Brock comes out, and it's the biggest pop of the fucking night because the crowd has so much respect for these two guys. I'm just saying, go no, back no, and watch look, it now. Look, and with watched, all you know and having being a grown, you know, a little bit more years on you from when you first look, developed these I, opinions. Go watched, back and watch that match for the moments and for the story. I watched WrestleMania 19 not that long ago. Not that long ago. Uh, and like I said, I, I still think it's a really good match. Um, as a super, super fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin, though, I always find it very hard to watch that last rock bottom right before. And because it's like, you know that this is it. Granted, obviously, you know him and uh, you know, uh, KO, they had a match last year which you know wasn't a match match but you know still entertaining but yeah i am honestly i there's there's no i'll put like this 19 is obviously better than 15 wrestlemania 19 is obviously better than 15 which i think is a mess of a match um even though it's it's still it's still fun a lot of people don't care for that match much yeah, I think it's a I think it's a fun match. I think that's a that's one of those matches where it was fun. I, I thought it was hilarious. You know, you had mankind involved and all the other like you know nonsense is going on. But I'm always gonna ride with seventeen. Always gonna ride with seventeen. That's my favorite match of, of all time. Like so something I want to bring up because the, the reason people a lot of people shit on that WrestleMania 15 match because they'd say this is I just hear everybody say it. I don't get it. They say the Rock. What I don't think the Rock was ready to the main event of WrestleMania. Literally everybody on this panel has said that those years were the were the fondest memories they have of watching wrestling when they're young. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. The Rock was on fucking fire at WrestleMania 15. WrestleMania 15 if was I, 1999. If I could... If I could get brutally honest here about, about what that is, a lot of people, when they say somebody isn't ready, it's because... If you don't fit certain people's perception of what you're supposed to what you're supposed to be in wrestling, and Rock was to me, he was an anomaly in the sense of he's he was similar. He had some, he had style, he had flair, uh, he had a look that people like, but he was an anomaly because we never saw anyone of him, his liking and his 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 style in professional wrestling, in my opinion, before. So it's something where he started with uh, you know, started out as Rocky Mavia, then he, then he went to the Nation of Domination. And I think going from the Nation of Domination, which was a predominantly 
uh, like this predominantly black uh, faction and, and then going from that to straight up to the main event. To some people, it feels like it was so fast. And I think there's other people who probably put in more years <clears throat> that probably felt like he didn't belong there because, oh, what did he do? To get here is like he got over very quickly, very chronologically. Easy. It was fast because he debuted in November of '96 and he's main eventing WrestleMania in early '99. However, it's the fucking rock. Like there was nobody hotter during '98, '99. That's there's maybe been nobody hotter for a small period of time ever <clears throat> than the fucking rock was during that time. Only maybe Steve Austin. So. It was fast, but it's the fucking rock. And he was the guy. So when you when you're I, the guy, you're the guy. I'll, that's like, right. Nothing else matters. That's yes. It. Guy, that's it. And it's I like, hear people say that all the time. That's a, something fans love to say. Well, this person wasn't ready for that. This person wasn't. But how do you know? You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. understand that at all. It, 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 it's really, and I know everyone's like, oh, you're just saying that someone's a hater because they don't agree. No, that's like hater talk right there to be like, this person wasn't ready for that spot. Well, the people that are paying them, the people that are creating this whole universe for you to enjoy decided that he was the person for that spot. You know what I mean? And if you can't give people these opportunities, how can they prove to you they are that person? I don't know. I, I just hear that used so much. And it's like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Because he, he held his own, right? I mean, come on. Rock is it's funny because I feel like Rock is one of those wrestlers who every time he got an opportunity, he knocked it out the park. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's a ton of wrestlers. And this is not even just for wrestling. Like In general, in, in, in the world, there are people who yeah. don't get those opportunities because they think, oh, well, you know, and <clears throat> I'm using this for my own personal thing there's a lot of companies that like oh what do you know where have you been around it's like you don't know what somebody's capable of until you give them a shot and that is essentially what happens uh in in society and definitely but definitely in wrestling you know and i get it we're fans so you know fans are the ones who you know pay the money to go see these people but a lot of times the fans also you know like and, and we had this talk about uh punk on on the other on the other show where people are like, oh, he needs to go. He needs to never come back and, and he stay away. And I'm like, dude, did you just see the crowd reaction the last two weeks? Like, it's insane. Like, and the the, the, the merch, merchandise sales are through the roof. It's like, this is business. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if people mm-hmm. are going to spend their money and pay for it, this is what you got to roll with. Business is business. And everybody knows I was very adamant for months <laughs> and months. They're like, Punk will be back. Punk will be back. And I think it's just the same when you talk about Rock in, in 98. I mean, he was killing it, man. Like the DX and Nation feud, that was like primetime TV. And it was like, that's to me, that's what took Rock over the edge was having like somebody like a Triple H, uh, you know, being able to, because to, to, he wasn't really feuding with Austin like much of 98. That was mm-hmm. Rock on his own, you know, and, and he broke away from Farouk and, you know, him and Mark Henry kind of, you know, D'Lo Brown, they all went to several ways. And then Rock is, you know, he, he's, you know, this ain't sing along with the rock and, and, and like those moments are what shaped rock and made him like the, the huge star he is. So it's like you if, if he didn't have that also freedom, too. I think that's another thing that, that people don't talk about in wrestling. Rock had a lot of freedom back during that time. I don't know how much freedom every company these days gives. Yes. And he had freedom because he did keep repeatedly proving that he could carry what they were giving him you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so 
So I absolutely, but I absolutely think it was, um, like I said, I, I think that's a very old school mentality of you have you ain't been here that long or you haven't done like you don't deserve that. Like it's a very old school mentality. And I think one that needs to to go. But and I've said this for years, like I've never understood it. And, you know, um, I have some stories, but I'm not going to share them. <laughs> but I've seen some stuff. Where I, feel I like mean, people, you know, on the other channel. Right during that same time frame, they had a guy named Goldberg who hadn't been around for very long. Yep. And they didn't fucking slow him down. No, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. If you got it, you got it. Um, you said you're a big fan of the Attitude Era. Do you have – this is this is for Miss Savannah Evans – Senior clips of senior stuff. Everybody check her out. Impact, it's on DAZN and Sky TV. Europe and UK, it's on Access TV over here in America. Um, and you're also all over the uh, Northeast and East Coast indie scene. Um, very intense. Cannibal, did you take anything or did anything influence you? Or did you think of, oh, I kind of like this person's style when you were developing how you were going to go about things and handle your business? Uh, yeah, definitely. I would say my whole style is uh, 90s wrestler, uh, male, not female. <laughs> uh, so that's I think that's how I approached it. That was what I liked the most about wrestling. And obviously wrestling changes as the years go on. Uh, but that's what I enjoyed with wrestling. It was like intense. And, you know, the characters were big. And being the fact that I am one of the bigger girls on the indie scene or just where, you know, wherever in wrestling, it that that I think it translates well for me. Um, and you know, not everybody gets that style, it's whatever, but that's what I enjoyed growing up. That's what I how I enjoy performing. So, you know, um just making uh the I guess the concept of getting the most out of what you're doing. It's not here's this spot, this move, this move, this move, here's this big crescendo and big move here. It's just it's moments of Okay, bam, I dare you to get up from that. Okay, here's this one. I dare you to get up from that. Just like uh, big, you know, power moves. Um, That's just kind of what I enjoy. <laughs> so, and then it's funny because like lately I keep like making little notes for myself to like go back and watch certain, um, maybe not necessarily certain matches, but certain um, wrestlers. Like I keep telling myself like, man, go back and watch more Ming. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, go watch, oh watch God, Aku. That Ming and the Faces beast. of Fear were so fucking badass. Yes. God damn. I'm going to do a whole episode yes. about them on this in Hour <laughs> sometime. One of my favorite it's, acts. I love Absolutely. it because, yeah, like, um, I want to say, I think I want to say like Barbarian, like, yep. uh, is kind of like local to this area too. <laughs> so like yeah. sometimes I'll see him, you know, at the Planet Fitness or whatever. But uh, awesome. anyway, just um, you know, stuff like that. Um, I always try to think of ways to stand out. Um, and I think having that wrestling saw as a as a female definitely helps. You know, sometimes you do go back and you watch older matches, or even just you know, like I guess Bull Nakano, for example. Like you watch some of the women from that era, you know, in Japan, like killing it and like some of that stuff you can't do on tv here you know what uh -huh. i mean because they're legitimately beating the shit out of each other um so yeah that's just the kind of stuff i enjoy and that's kind of what i try to put into um uh, my wrestling and my my character what i will tell you 
as you say, and you're and you're right, is is a lot of things that we see on TV and on pay-per-view and things like that. It is um a little a little bit different, but I what I will tell you is that style that you just described is the type of style that people with money in their fucking pockets want to watch. Uh yeah. all of us of a certain age. That's I actually saw um I commented on it got a little bit of traction. I think last week uh I saw a clip of Viva Van on Ring of Honor and she did this this thing where she flipped over the other girl's back and just exploded across the ring off the ropes and slammed into her. I'm like, that's so fucking awesome. What you mm-hmm. see so much, and it, it's not a woman thing, it's not a man thing. It's a what you see so much so often now is it feels like you're watching people try not to fuck up. And it mm. comes across when people are aggressive, when it's about intensity, when it's about big moves and making them count, it comes across to me, to me, this is my tastes. I think it's most older fans. Like I said, people with money in their pockets tastes. It it, it just comes across as a lot, as a lot more. It's easier to sink your, your disbelief. It's easier to, to become immersed in it when you, it, you're watching people who, are making intense contact and don't look like they're thinking and don't look like they're just trying not to fuck up or trying to yeah. remember what they're trying to do next. Um, so I appreciate the hell out of that clip I saw and stuff like your stuff. Awesome. And I, I'm so pumped because Ming, the faces of fear and especially Ming are like, I just could go on forever talking. I could watch those matches forever. Anytime that music would hit, that old, I'm going to use it for the outro, true. I hope that's okay. <laughs> Anytime the Faces of Fear music would hit, yeah, you knew some shit was about to go down. <laughs> I remember on Nitro, it was these two theme musics came right after each other. It was the Faces of Fear, they come out, and then the fucking Nasty Boys music happens. And I'm like, oh my God, someone is about to fucking die. This is going to be <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. It's awesome, an awesome cut. Um, wrestling wise I feel like the Ruthless Aggression era has to get kind of discussed a little bit because that was an era where wrestling wise it's funny because Attitude Era were like the characters and like the promos like everything was so great and then Ruthless Aggression like it's funny because me and Apollo this is this is all facts we were middle school right I think it's middle school middle school high school me him and our other friend we'd be on the phone on like three way talking like yo watching SmackDown like yo like this going on this going on that going on and that's kind of like you know the SmackDown six and you know all of those is like those Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio yes. and uh you know the tag team like the, the Angle and Benoit team against uh, uh Edge and Ray and, and and the Guerreros and all this like th- those were such great moments and. In wrestling, in terms of like match wise, like those are the matches where it's like if I ever wanted to just go back and watch something, uh, that that kind of just like wild me as a fan, especially you know this is like early teen teenagers, so you understand a little bit more what you're seeing versus like the moments were cool when you're a kid and then you get a little older and you're like yo this match is this is this is dope as shit. So mm-hmm. that O two O three roster is just it's just fucking insane. It's just absolutely uh, insane. Yes. The minute you brought up Ruthless Aggression, I was like, oh, Kurt Angle. And then it's like, okay, you have pure athletes like Kurt Angle, like Shelton Benjamin. And then it made me think of the Shelton Benjamin versus HBK match. And that was insane. They gave it to us for free on Raw for an hour. Facts. Insane. (laughs) And and, and that's that's the thing about the Ruthless Aggression era is like, we got so much good wrestling 
on television because back in the Attitude Era, all the big matches, like the singles big matches, were like the pay-per-view. pay-per-view. So yeah. like you have Austin and like Taker uh teaming up, like teaming up against Kane and Mankind, but it would always have like a janky finish or like you know some some nonsense would go on. But then you get twenty five minutes on a pay-per-view, whereas watching you know. Kurt Angle versus I, I, I've said this, I've said this so many times on for years. It was a fatal four way match: Kurt Angle, Benoit, Edge, and Eddie. I want to say it was, and it was like December two thousand two. And I will watch that match every month, at least once. It is, yeah. Like, I think I remember that one. It's one of my favorite matches because I think it was like for the Armageddon uh, number one contender against Big Show. And I remember watching that match, and I was like, this is the greatest fucking match I've ever seen in my life. I think I was, like, eating some popcorn or some shit watching it. I'm like, yo, that's the greatest match ever. Like, because it, it was also when Angle used to run up and hit the uh, the belly-to-belly the, the off the top rope or sometimes the Angle slam. That used to, like, that used to be one of those moments where I, it would pop me. I'm just like, yo, this is the greatest shit. And that's that whole era. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch Raw very much. For one, didn't have cable. So, uh, you know, didn't, didn't watch Raw. Uh, but apparently from everybody, uh, everybody told me I didn't miss anything uh, from Triple H's mm. Reign of Terror. So, um, <laughs> but, but I've, but I've, I have gone back and, like, and stuff and, and I watched like some it of those. Like, so much, really funny and then, and then also RVD, RVD was in a, a Ruthless Aggression era. And yep. I mean, you know, Booker T became, uh, uh, like really came of age as a, yeah. as a superstar. And even though I think in WCW he had he had something, but he he became funny as shit once he got Man, like he was already between funny. him and Stone Cold. That, that, that's supermarket. <laughs> the supermarket. Like, Man, that, that's always like the one of the most classic moments like ever. Even him and Goldust when they teamed up for like that was the, him, like, and yeah. him and Goldust hilarious. And I'm gonna say this, so. this really quick because I want I want to of course obviously get to talk a little bit about Impact. Because uh, I know Savannah had a really, uh, really big match not that long ago. Um, but um, I want to say, I guess it's like the tail end of Rupert's aggression. But Booker T as King Booker is still one of the funniest things Hilarious. I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I think, it's, and speaking of TNA, because I mean, the impact, like Booker T and TNA was also funny as shit. Like, yeah, like, mafia. <laughs> he was like everything Booker T does to me. I think he's like an unsung hero to me in wrestling in terms of like Scott being Stein a legend. Too. You know, he said Scott Stein. Oh, we can talk yeah, about Scott Stein all that day, was, bro. I was <laughs> 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 like, man, I love Scott Stein. Like big bad, like we used to. Like I think that's the thing about wrestling too is that wrestling is like hilarious, and so there's yeah. things in wrestling that people. Like that people might not find as funny. I know me and Apollo, we like we still like we still watch it funny. What the shit he said? He was like, "You can have my woman number if you want, baby." <laughs> and then like, I mean, obviously Yo. everybody talks about the Scott Steiner, the Scott Steiner math promo and, and stuff like that. But oh it's my just God. like even in like <laughs> WCW, even in WCW, like in NWO, NWO times, he still had funny moments. Towards the end, yeah, yeah. Who was he about to be? Gorgeous George. Uh, I think, no, no, not those matches, man. Did he take much? No, no, did he no. take her after the match? Yeah, he, he had Kimberly, right? Kimberly, Page, yeah, Kimberly. He's not and uh, Shorty. I forgot her name, but uh, she had like the makeup on. One. Uh, I forgot her name. She had heavy makeup on. He been he was messing with her in WCW towards the end. Um, 
I, I, I know you're talking name, man. But I can't, yeah. I can't remember. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah but Scott Steiner is that like, dark hair. See, that's, and that's the thing about like being nostalgic about wrestling. There's so many different wrestlers you could mention that that all made an man, impact. So uh, you know, uh, no pun intended, but yeah, all made an impact <laughs> in, in <laughs> as as like as fans. It's like you can take something from from every era and just be like, this was what I love. This is what. I you know like like shape me as a fan and shape what I what I like to to watch now, but we do have a, a a very special guest here who I believe it is coming up on ten years of you being an official. This is coming up on your tenth year next year, right? Of you being a professional. Uh, yeah, wrestler. currently um I'm nine years in wrestling. Right, nine years. You know, you know, and this is just me personally. You don't stop and realize how long you know people until you hear something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's crazy. Nine nine years in wrestling, approaching that decade. How does it feel for you though? Like approaching ten years in professional wrestling. Like, what more? What what what's your what's 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 left in terms of like goals? I know you make goals all the time. I know you're 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 very driven. Always, so, yeah. yeah. Um. And 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 you you say what goals you have left all of them because I feel like I've barely you know barely got through you know my goals it's just it it feels like I just started yesterday but it also just feels it in that same tone it does feel like you know nine or ten years um but it's, it's just such a weird journey and then you throw like COVID in there where wrestling was weird for a little yeah. bit and you know it kind of threw a huge wrench in into everything but um. No, yeah, you, you don't really think about it sometimes. And then one day it smacks you in the face. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, I've been doing this for, for a hot minute. So for those who, who don't know your backstory, you started out in the uh, North Carolina Independence. You were trained by George South. Um, mm -hmm. uh, shout out to George South, who is yes. uh, a legend. legend. Absolutely. An icon, a national treasure. <laughs> and you, I mean, you've you've come a long way. You've been Carolina uh woman of the year. I feel like every year you wrestled, you've you've been uh Carolina woman uh, Yeah, girl. I I know I'm at least a five time. I might be six time. I'm not sure. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna hit Wikipedia to get like an official, but they don't actually have that listed here. So <laughs> I, I I thought it was. I know for sure. I remember a plaque that was 2017 Carolina Women Female Wrestler of the Year. So at least since 2017. Yeah, you've been consistently <clears throat> killing it. Um, you've you've done a lot. You recently, uh, I saw you had a a match with Trinity, mm -hmm. um, who recently for Impact. I mean, that's a that's a big, even a big big boost for uh, for Impact. What is that like to wrestle, I guess, with like an incoming star and, and kind of get that get that opportunity? Yeah, incoming star, definitely. Um, it's big because I was really like her third match since WWE. And so that meant something for me. It also meant for me, um, obviously, being a Black woman to wrestle such a prominent Black woman in wrestling. You know what I mean? Because... You know, I've wrestled XW before, but this, uh, it felt, it was real special to me. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. um, you know, a year had passed since she was off TV, but it still was just like, here's this woman that was with WWE for so long. And now 
I get to wrestle her and it means something because she's new to the company. So people are trying to see what is she doing now? You know, is she doing same stuff? Is she doing new stuff? So, so it really meant a lot to me um, to wrestle her on impact uh, only being her third, you know, her third opponent since, um, since leaving WWE. So I, I thought that was really cool. And that's something that, that I'll always remember and can never be taken away from me. That's a fact. Now, you've had two partners. Uh, well, I have two, but like recently, of, of recent, you've had, you, you were teaming with Tasha Steeles for a while. And mm-hmm. there's a couple of viral clips, or mildly viral clips I saw of, of you two. And I thought you guys had interesting chemistry together. But now mm-hmm. you are currently teaming with Giselle Shaw and. Head of security for Giselle Shaw. Yeah, okay, you're head of security. I see you got the, like the glasses and the and the and stuff like that. I, I, I saw the look is funny. So the earpiece, okay, we can't overlook the earpiece. Oh, the earpiece too. Oh, shout out to Cowboy, big big Cowboy. Yeah, man. I think he's like, Mom, I want to go outside. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get you the one, the one leather glove like like Diesel had. So I bought. Yes, I bought some leather <laughs> gloves. And they were just like the quickest thing I could find, you know, on short notice. Um, and I wore them, I think, the first time I did like the little hitman look, um, you know, with the harness and the white top with the black leather pants and the boots. Um, and I'm like, oh, this is a cool look. But I haven't worn the gloves since then. And I almost did this past set of tapings because I'm like, this is a look, but I think it's the wrong look. So I need to get a different pair of gloves that maybe fit, like you said, the diesel motif a little better. Maybe the fingerless gloves, maybe just a different style but it's it's gonna happen it's happening i have a i had a question from someone who asked who told me that told me to ask this and i think i don't know if you don't think you'll get in trouble for for answering this question but we just saw um aw had their forbidden door and there's talks of them working with stardom in the future uh would you be interested i know you worked some dark tapings before um would you be interested in like an impact stardom AEW type of event thing in the, in the future? Uh, if, in, if so, are there any people out there in other companies that you have any desire to uh, hook up with? Would you invite them to come along to impact? Um, yeah, absolutely. I know for a little bit there impact was working with um, AEW uh, <clears throat> and then, um, you know, of course, new Japan, they still work with new Japan now. Uh, but something like that would be great, like a um, cross brand, cross promoted, maybe all women show. That would be that would be fucking badass to involve, you know, those three big companies. And I think they all bring something different to the table. Um, and then as far as, you know, who who's on that pay-per-view, I think it's, it's all of their, you know, what I mean, all of their best women. Like um, there are a good handful of women in AW that I know from the Indies and I'm like, man, they, they're stars and they need to be used, not like they're being used bad, but they, they can be used in much bigger, you know, ways and in bigger title pictures. And I 100% love that Willow has that, um, that strong title. Oh my God. Like, I know it came under certain circumstances, but man, they, they got to run with that with her. It's like, she's so good and indifferent, you know? Uh, some people are like, and I know, I think Chris Statlander ran into this issue a while back of people like, oh, I don't take her seriously because she's she's goofy or she's her character's too fun. And I'm like, no, like everyone, I think 
there needs to be something for everybody on these shows. And they found ways to have a fun loving character um, that still gets people involved. Um, but but yeah, just a lot of girls like that. I, I want to wrestle, you know, AWS great women, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, you know what I mean? Um, I I've actually I've never had a singles with Brit. Uh, so that would be awesome. Um um Jamie Hayter, of course, like one hundred percent badass. Like that's the one. That's like the you're one. yeah, you're insane if you don't if you don't want to lock up, you know, with her. Like or maybe yeah. you're insane for wanting to lock up with her. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, those are all great, you know, all great women athletes that that deserve their time and a cross promoted show would be great. I I would love I would love to see that. I think I think we I think women's wrestling has come so far just in the last decade alone. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, and and I, I love seeing it. But you mentioned that Willow does have New Japan uh, strong championship under certain circumstances. And mm-hmm. part of those circumstances that she beat Mercedes Monet, who obviously has been uh at some impact tapings to support Trinity uh, in the past. Is that a match that when she's all healed up that you would invite her to impact? Because she says she goes wherever the bag goes. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Another, another, you know, another wrestler that you would be crazy to not want to include in in your you know women's division picture. You know, it's just she's great. You would kick her ass, I believe. Anyway, so oh. <laughs> <laughs> a little, it's just a little, that's fine. But no, um. So I know we're slightly running out of time and I have other stuff to do. So um, we'll just do a part two on another day. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but it, it's always great to uh to have you on. Always great to talk to you anyway, you know. Um always. And I mean, as someone, and as this is personal, as someone who's seen you literally from the start of your journey, very, very proud to have seen how how you've grown and how well you've done uh over the years. So I just Keep killing it, doing what you do. And um, you know, let's somebody put that in the air, man. So AEW Impact Stardom, all of them can get an event together. Like y'all need mm-hmm. y'all need to be in the Tokyo Dome. I like to see I've, all I've been saying that. I wish it was like the first all in where it was like a real forbidden door, like anybody could show up. That's the night yeah. of surprises. That would be fucking awesome to me, where we could we could get a Savannah Evans coming out in the women's segment. We could get uh Josh Alexander showing up to open, an, you know, answer an open challenge. We could get uh, whatever, you know, like that first all in, you, you had no idea. There were so many surprises. And I think that Forbidden Door has been a great show, but I would love it personally. And, and I know a lot of people love the format that it's in right now. And that's fine. I would love if it was a real Forbidden Door where anybody could walk through it. You just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and build those relationships and get and get people exposure on TV, right? Because we talk about, and Tony Khan talks about, he wants to help the wrestling <clears throat> business, grow the wrestling business, et cetera. Uh, this is the perfect way to do it. Get everybody out there. Get everybody out there. Get everybody some shine. These are the places you can see these people, um, people who will catch people's eye and be different and work different, like a Savannah Evans, like people like that. I wish Forbidden Door would be like that. Absolutely. I want to see Savannah Evans versus Jamie Hayter in the UK. I yeah. know. Oh, the heat, in the UK. The heat, the heat there is that is that's money, man. That's that's money in there. Like, yeah. like because I mean, like I said, you 
I think you as a heel is just I like I, I think your your heel work has has like it's it's gone to a different level. And I think mm. against Hater in the UK, I mean that's just it's just so e it's just too easy. It, but mm. it works. So I think like I said, put somebody put this out in the air. Like and I just want to say before before we get off, I like to put things out in the air. Sometimes they get me in a little bit of trouble. Um I get a little bit, but Put that out in the air. Let's get Jamie Hayter versus Savannah Evans at some point. That is a match. Uh, well, Savannah, it has been an absolute honor, honor, honor to to have you here. And as I mentioned, of course, next episode about AEW's Fight Forever. Probably talk a little bit about wrestling video games, give you a little throwback. But before we get out of here, got to let everybody know where to find you, where they can see you. Obviously, we know Impact Wrestling, but where can they find you online? Well, what do you got coming up? Got any, uh, you know, anything else coming up outside of Impact? What's going on? Um, yeah, so like we were talking about earlier, I do still actively take independent bookings. Um, so coming up this weekend, I have uh, Pro Wrestling Turbo in South Carolina. They're a fun family promotion that I've been working for for probably about the past five. I think they just... Yeah, I think they just had their five year anniversary. So no, I think this show is their five year anniversary. So just like a, a fun company that I enjoy working um for. I'm in a I think it's a five-way scramble for the scramble championship. Uh then the following week, um, I believe it's Friday, I'm at a company that I've wanted to to work for for a little bit. They're newer here in the Carolinas. It's uh title belt pro wrestling. Um, so I will be wrestling there on that Friday. And then that Sunday, I will be in Charleston, South Carolina for old school championship wrestling. Uh, nice. Yeah, I believe it's a women's title match. So should be a good time. Those shows are always fun. They're great. Um, social media wise, um, you can always keep up with like where I'm going to be from weekend to weekend. My Twitter is the main one that I kind of put my schedule on and that Twitter is Savannah Evans, the letter in the letter V because someone always has Savannah Evans taken. The account has been held for probably about 11 years now. It's, it's dead. No one uses it. I was trying to get verified or whatever, you know, so that I could maybe see about getting that handle relieved from that person. I never got verified before the whole, now you have to pay to get verified. So I don't know. Um, uh, my Instagram Terrible. and Facebook is Savannah Evs, uh, Savannah EVS, and yeah, just follow me on those. Um, obviously, all the links and bios, the OnlyFans, the Cash apps, they're in there. So check all that out. Facts. Send her money. Send me money too if you got it too. Yeah, just, but yeah. but you know, I'm I, if you can't, people can't see this, but I have this wrapped up because I have to get wrist surgery at some point. Um, but uh, actually. Can we can we talk about what is coming up in July for you, or are you not allowed to talk about it yet? Because you you have an appearance on a on a show. Oh, um, I are you? I don't I don't think I can talk details, but I've definitely kind of put out a little bit that I will be. I have like two cameo appearances, um, rather two different episode appearances, uh, for the show Heels on Stars coming up with their new season so i guess that starts airing at the end of july yes and of course for wrestling fans out there a good amount of wrestlers are on yes. that show yes um including 
uh, someone we talked about a little earlier in the show, CM Punk is apparently making uh, his uh, return to that. He was, uh, I believe he was on season one. Mm-hmm. So make sure you check for Savannah on Heels season two um, stars, which is a big, big deal. Of course, um, no Apollo, he, he didn't get back on. So uh, follow my brother Apollo at Shockus Apollo. That is S H O K U S Apollo. Um, of course, he he's got some content coming to the D A R site. Um, he's going to be on more of the NBA pods. And shout out, of course, to Eclipse Theory, which is Peagle's stuff. Make sure, of course, you check out that website, EclipseTheory.com. Make sure you check out the Final Revolution.com. Uh, of course, I am. Yours truly, True God. You can follow me or not on Twitter at DAR True God, or you can follow the DAR Sports Media, uh, which is my old Twitter account. Now turn to a business account. Uh, so if people see me posting mostly just business stuff, that's why. Um, you got anything else, Eric? Just uh, reminding people, we got a lot of awesome articles on their way to the definearevolution.com yes. website. So please be pumping the website, be looking out for that as well. Stuff you can kick back and read, sneaking at your desk, hiding from your employer. Um, I am at MNCVKG on Twitter. If you want to follow me, may or may not be a good idea. Uh, check out the definearevolution.com website. Pay attention to the feed. We've got the NBA offseason report out right now. Um, and then we've got this coming up. We've got, of course, Collision. AEW uh, wrestling in general highlights of the week AEW collision preview coming up soon later on this week and just remember the world of DAR sports and media never stops <laughs>